You're listening to a Sunday morning message by Authentic Church. Morning. Today we continue with our teaching on the parables of Jesus. And we started our series with the lost parables, which is actually a trilogy where I spoke last time on the first two. I spoke on the lost uh, sheep and the lost coin. Now, while they are a trilogy, there is a key difference from the first two losts to the last one. Technically, the coin and the sheep did not choose to get lost. Though sometimes I think my glasses and car keys do have their own legs. And we do have some sheep in Morley, cue the slide, Tammy, who I can only think have aspirations to follow in Houdini's footsteps. And this is on the road to Defham, and this is the infamous sheep that so often break out and choose to try and get lost. Thank you, Tammy. What we see in the parable of the lost son is a person who chooses to get lost, who chooses to lose himself. And it is this choice of the lost son which demonstrates and reinforces not only the love, but also the forgiveness of the father. Today, I'm going to share a message on the prodigal son. But it's important to remind ourselves why Jesus told these parables. All these parables are found in Luke 15. And we find the context of why Jesus told them in verses 1 and 2. And this is Jesus talking. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus wanted to correct their misunderstanding of the love of God and who the Son of God, the very Messiah, they were waiting for, why he actually came. Today, many people still have a misunderstanding of the love of God, that our God is a God of rules, regulations of punishment and for sin. While one day we will all have to give an account for our lives and sins, Jesus makes it very clear. God loves us. And that love is not just reserved for those who lead perfect, sin-free lives. In Romans 5, 8, Paul explains it like this. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So today I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 15, verses 18 to 32. And it's called, obviously, the parable of the lost son. So Jesus continued after telling the first two lost parables. He continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. 
He longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And yet here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms round him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the elder son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The elder brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Amen. The parable of the prodigal son has been called the pearl and crown of all parables. If I pronounce this right, it's, because, it's been called Evangelium Evangelio which is a gospel within the gospel. What is commonly called the prodigal son, prodigal meaning wasteful, it could be rightly called the parable of the loving father, for it reveals more about the love of the father than, an, than of the sinfulness of the younger son. The parable also reveals much more about the heart of the unforgiving elder son whose purpose in this parable is to rebuke those unwilling to reach out and reveal, receive the lost who repent. Now, like any good story, which has any good story, has a start, a middle and an end. The start, the son leaves home. The middle, the son lives it up and lives to regret it. The end, the son returns home to a surprising but very happy ending, but not such a happy ending for the elder son. So let's look at the start. We start with the younger son asking his father for his share of the estate, his inheritance. We don't know why he asked for it, but and maybe I'm pointing out the obvious here. The father is still alive. The son is almost asking for the month for the money and in essence is saying to his father, I'm impatient for you to die. Can you give me my money now? 
That must have been quite painful for the father to hear. The son clearly wants to escape his life in the here and now and wants to go away and live a new life in the there and then. He certainly believed the grass is greener on the other side. And some people might say this is the folly of youth, but I think we all have the folly of youth in us, even into our old age. So the father divides up his estate and soon after the son sets off for a distant country. So then we move into the middle. The prodigal or wasteful or extravagant son does not hold back and proceeds in verse 13 to squander his wealth in wild living. Soon the money runs out. Suddenly the green grass that looked really green he discovered was only green because it was astroturf. To make matters worse, we read there is a severe famine and he ends up hiring himself to feed pigs. Now to the Jews, this would have been a totally degrading thing to do. Pigs were considered unclean. Jesus was effectively saying this young man could not have reached any lower Then we read, in his despair, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. It was in his despair that we read in verse 17, he came to his senses. Or we read in another translation, the son realised that he had been very foolish. Why is it? that sometimes it is only after we act foolishly we actually come to our senses. In this moment of self-reflection, feeling the physical hunger, living in humiliation, he realised he was longing for home. The grass that he thought was barren and dry and wanted to escape from, he realises was quite green after all. So verse 17 continues with the prodigal lamenting. How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. So from out of the very bottom of the pit he finds himself in, that he chose to climb into, he chooses to climb out. And he makes a resolution in verse 18. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. If ever we see what repentance looks like, I think this is a good example. There are two important things to notice that he acknowledges and wants to confess to his father. He wants to acknowledge that he sinned against God and his father. That is a great admission. He was owning his mistake. He does not blame anyone else. And as a result of his acknowledgement, he feels that he is no longer worthy to be called his father's son. He truly comprehends the result and outcome of his actions. In wanting his father dead by asking for his inheritance early, he is now saying that he is actually dead. Please treat me 
like one of your servants. So we conclude in the middle of the story that he got up and went to his father. So then we get to the end of the story. And it must have taken quite a while to get home as we read in this verse 13. It was a distant country. I reckon he may have rehearsed in his head a hundred times how he was going to address his father and how the scene would play out. However, I do not imagine in his wildest dreams he expected what actually happened. Verse 20, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Jewish culture, it would have been very unseemly for an elder to run. It is in this brace of love the son makes his confession. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. It's important to note here that love comes first, then the confession. This is not a confession that is demanded by the father and dragged out of the son in fear. No, the confession comes after love. And then the embrace is backed up with actions. His father clothes him in his best robe, puts a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. He kills the fattened calf and throws a feast and celebrates. In the father's joy and celebration, he exclaims to everyone, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Hallelujah. What an amazing and gripping story. Anyone who has been a parent of a wayward child can associate and identify with the story. You can feel the sense, the joy of the father and the wonderment of the son. But what can we learn from this story? However, it isn't quite the end. Because there's the small matter of the elder son. We can see the clear resentment and bitterness of the elder son in the father's treatment of the younger. Clearly, he was not in a forgiving mood and refused to join in the celebration. Maybe a part of us can empathise with him. The son, the younger son, demanded money, lived it up, lost it, caused his father's shame and worry. And then he turns up. And repents. And his dad throws a party. Despite his lack of forgiveness for his younger brother, the father also demonstrates his love and compassion for his elder son. He recognises his faithfulness and assures him of his inheritance. Yet the father maintains it is right to celebrate. We don't know if the elder son ever goes in and joins the celebration. Jesus never tells us. I want to conclude today with asking, who can you identify with today? Did the Holy Spirit highlight any particular person in the parable? 
Maybe you identified with the lost son today. You are far from God. You've run away and are squandering or have in fact squandered your life and you have reached the bottom of the pit. If that is you, I want you to know the Father loves you and is longing for you to turn to him. He is waiting and longs to run and embrace you and welcome you back. Follow the example of the prodigal. Confess and repent of your actions, not out of fear, but because God loves you. Maybe today you are like the father. You have a prodigal. You are in pain and you are watching and waiting for their return. Now, I've been reading uh, a book by Rob Parsons um, called Bringing Home the Prodigals. Um, And it's a real challenge, um, but I highly recommend it. It's, It's really a lovely read. It's nice and short. Um, big words. There's a particular prayer in here that really spoke to me. I'll read it. It says, Father God, look at my son. He is unique and how. There is no one else like him. I cannot fathom him or his ways, but you know all of them. You know his heart, his dreams, If I have judged him by my standards instead of yours, forgive me. If I have expected too much, been swift to criticise and slow to listen, I'm sorry. Help me understand his way with you and yours with him. Help me accept that he does not need a pew to sit at your feet. May not always need to do the done thing, just your thing. That he sings songs that the songs he sings can be sung in a different tune. I cannot watch his every move, plant his every step, but your hand is on him wherever he goes until he really comes home. Maybe today you are like the elder brother. Maybe you are resentful. Maybe you struggle when you see people come back to God and you don't see any change in their lifestyle. Colossians 3 verse 13 says this, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Maybe today, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to give you the grace and forgiveness for those who have returned and not demand repentance before love is shown. Jesus was clear about why he came to earth. Those who are well do not need a physician, he said, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. It is never too late to return to God. You are never too far away. The distance is never too great. God loves you and longs to throw a party and celebrate when you return to him. 
when the lost are found and the lost come home. Amen.